0: start in Isaiah chapter 9 and we're going to end up in Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to continue a series that I started last week called A Child is Born. A Child is Born. Isaiah chapter 9, Matthew chapter 12. You have your notes in front of you. We'll also put some of these scriptures on the screen for you to follow along. encourage you always to bring your Bible or if you have your phone or tablet to follow along there as well. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a Savior is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The prophet Isaiah said this A child will be born. So last week we said, sometimes in the whole Christmas story, we forget that Jesus came as a baby. He was not a full-grown adult in a baby's body. He was a baby. So we know that that the, the way in a manger sings, no crying he made. But I've got news for you. I firmly believe Jesus cried. I believe sometimes he probably maybe even wailed. You know, when a baby gets hungry, what do they do? They cry. So Jesus probably cried. And let me tell you, he was just a, was just a regular baby. He was a baby like any other baby, that, that he had the, the limitations that a baby has. So Jesus took on the form of a baby, an infant. He came as a child. The shepherds announced, to, uh, the angels should say, should say, announced to the shepherds, they said, you will find a what? You'll find a baby. You're going to find a baby. So he wasn't an incredible baby, super baby, boss baby. He was just a baby, just a regular baby. That's how he came. And so he had to go through this process. So we talked last week about how he emptied himself to be filled up again. I know that many people think that the Christmas story starts in Luke chapter 2. or or, or in Matthew chapter 1 with the story of the wise men, I believe the Christmas story starts in Philippians chapter 2 where it says that Jesus, even though he was God, the Bible says that he emptied himself. That's what the Amplified says. He emptied himself. He made himself, one translation says, of no reputation. The New Living Translation talks about it like this. It says, he gave up his divine privileges. He emptied himself, why? To be filled again. Jesus emptied himself to be filled with purpose. What was his purpose? The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save what? That which was lost. So he took on the limitations of a human body. Meaning he could not be everywhere all the time. He had limitations in that he got tired. He got weary. He, he got hungry, he got thirsty, he took on human limitations. Even though he was fully God, he was also fully man. And so we talked about the filling process. He emptied himself to be filled again. Today, I want to talk to you about the growing process. The growing process. Do you know that there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about Jesus as a teenager? Jesus was a teenager. How many of you know Jesus was a teenager? So there's a scripture that talks about all about Jesus as a teenager. It's in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Here's what it says. And Jesus grew. He grew four ways. Watch this. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God and favor with all the people. Those four ways. Wisdom, stature, favor with God and favor with all the people. Now, one of those is inevitable. Huh? Which one is that? Stature. Jesus grew physically. You say, how tall was Jesus? I think he was about 5'8", 5'9", because that's the perfect height. You know what I'm saying? Anything bigger than that is, is freakishly large. So, so Jesus was probably about 5'8", 5'9", because he was perfect, sinless. So that's about what I think. So that's his, that's his normal height, but, but he also grew three other ways, and those were intentional. He grew in wisdom, he grew in favor with God, and favor with all the people, or favor with man. So those were intentional, those he set out to do. Now watch this, Luke chapter 2, verse 51 says that he actually subjected himself to his parents. One translation says he obeyed his parents. I knew one parent would get it. I'm going to try that again. I said, Jesus the teenager obeyed his parents. I thought we'd get a few more. Alright, so he obeyed his parents and as a result of obeying his parents, he grew in wisdom He grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with all the people. So this is Jesus's life as a teenager. Now, how did he grow? He grew two ways. Let me tell you how growth begins. Number one, growth begins with building. Growth begins with building. Yeah, Jesus grew and he he was built, right? He built. How did he build himself? Well, Jesus asked questions. Isn't that what kids do? They ask questions. How many of you ever had a kid, grandkid, somebody, they just ask questions? I'm talking about lots of questions. Well, why, dad? Why, 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 right? I've had to tell Elias, son, I'm done. I can't, my brain is full. I can't answer another question. Give dad a break for a little while. Why? Because he is like a sponge. He wants information, right? But somewhere along the way, we think it's okay to no longer ask questions, right? We don't ask questions. We think we only have answers, right? And so we have to understand is that when God wants to build us, he wants us to ask questions. One of the things that we, I think, get wrong in understanding Jesus' life as a kid is we think that that Jesus taught people. Now watch this. In the, the Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story, do you remember that Jesus got lost? Remember he was lost? How long was he lost for? Three days. How many of you lost your kid for just a second? You just lost him for a second? What happens? You, your heart sinks. You get pale. You get sick. You, you, you get nauseous. Just losing your kid for a second. They were in a caravan. They thought somebody else was watching him. And they lost Jesus for three days. Where was he for those three days? The Bible says he was in the temple. But watch this. Many Christians think that he was teaching. He wasn't teaching. The Bible never says he was teaching. Here's what the Bible says. It says that Jesus was in the temple doing two things. He was listening and he was asking questions. He was asking questions. Yeah. How many of you know growth is not automatic? I'm going to try that again. Growth is not automatic. Physical growth may be automatic, but spiritual growth, emotional growth, maturity, listen, that's not automatic. I've met 50-year-old men who don't have the maturity of a 20-year-old. Some of you ladies missed that. I said, i met, I met 50-year-old men who don't have the maturity of a 20-year-old, right? Because it's not automatic. You have to apply yourself. Well, Jesus applied himself. He grew. And one of the ways he grew, he started to ask questions. He listened. I said, He listened. I said he listened and he asked questions. Now, were they amazed at answers he was given? Yeah, he would give answers back when they asked questions because they're like, wow, this kid knows a lot. Let me ask him a question. So he, they would ask him questions and, and they were amazed at the things that were coming out of his mouth. But he didn't teach them. He started off by listening and by asking questions. Yeah, that's how he built See, we're in the building process. I want you to do this. You have notes in front of you, right? You have a pen somewhere in front of you. Would you do this? Write down in the corner of your notes how long you've been saved. Just write it down. Just ballpark it. It doesn't have to be exact. But I can tell you that I've been saved for 38 years, which is not easy when you're 26. But, but I've... I've I've been saved for, listen, 38 years, which is a lot longer than some in this room. But I know that there's some in this room. You've been saved a lot longer than me. But what happens is, is when we look at the number, uh, when we say to ourselves, 38 years, 38 years, am I where I should be? Am I where I should be? Now, I've been doing this thing for a few years now. Uh, It's been five years. It's been 10 years. It's been 20 years. It's been 30 years. Sometimes it's 40. Some of you in here, you've been saved longer than 50 years, right? You're saying, am I still building? Or have I plateaued? Have I I stopped growing? Or am I still willing to listen and ask questions? But I want to walk into this place every Sunday morning and even though I'm the pastor and I may have a, an idea what the service may look like or or I've, I've taken a peek at the order of service, I have to come in here and say, God, I'm willing to say, God, and listen, whatever you want to do in this place, Lord, I submit myself to what you want to do, Lord. Listen, it's your service, God, however you want to handle it. I'm just here to grow. Amen. I want to grow when I come into this place. I want to grow when I spend time with God. I want to grow when I open up the word of God and when I pray. And listen, we have to be willing to grow. And one of the ways God grows us is he builds us. He builds us. Peter said, in Second Peter, he said, listen, when you have your faith, you need to add to it. You need to supplement You need to to cause your faith to grow and that means you add to it. He says by supplementing to your faith moral excellence. The, The King James Version says virtue. By adding to your faith, virtue. And then he goes on to list what you need to add to it. Keep adding to it. That means you can build. Jesus, the Bible says, increased. That means he had the capacity. The capacity to increase. Amen? That means he was willing to go through the process. The growing process. And then the second way that growth begins in our life is growth begins with stretching. Growth begins with stretching. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, he said this, I forget those things that are behind. We're going we're to start a series soon called Hoarding. It's going to be a blessing to some of you. Because sometimes we have trouble letting some things go. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. So, it means we have trouble throwing things away, we have trouble letting go, we have trouble letting go of stuff because of of different reasons and we'll get into those later. But we just have trouble sometimes severing, saying goodbye, turning the page And, and Paul said this, I forget those things that are behind, watch this, and I reach forward. I press towards where God wants me to be, huh? In other words, he says, I'm willing to get out of where I am and reach forward to where God has me to be. John Mason, in his book, An Enemy Called Average, said this, don't just reach, stretch, huh? Because I believe this, I believe this, if I've learned something in 38 years, I've learned that the will of God, the plan of God is just beyond our reach. God doesn't just hand it to us. He requires something of us, and it's called movement. Growth. That means he puts it just beyond our reach to where we actually have to stretch. We have to grow. We have to say, God, I'm willing to move beyond where I am right now so that I can fulfill the plan and purpose of God for my life. God, I'm willing to stretch. I'm willing to stretch. Yeah. Now watch this. Matthew chapter 12. We're going to look at a portion of Scripture, Matthew chapter 12, and, and where a man is, is healed. But watch what actually what it says. Matthew chapter 12, we'll put this, some of the Scriptures on the screen for you. It says this, verse number 9. Now when he, this is speaking of Jesus, departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? that they might accuse him. Now, this is Jesus going into the synagogue. He finds a man with a withered hand. And the Bible says the Pharisees were trying to find something against him. They were trying to get him to violate the law. So they said, hey, is it lawful for someone to be healed on the Sabbath? Right? Jesus said this in verse number 11. Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep, therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. How many know Jesus increased in wisdom? Right, he increased in wisdom. So when they tried to stump him, he he had already grew, right? He already he already increased in wisdom. So he came back to them. Well, watch verse thirteen. Watch this. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as the others. Now, you have to catch this. This is important. The Bible doesn't say that the man's hand was healed. It says his hand was restored. You say, what's the difference? It's a huge difference. Okay? Because he did not have five fingers or four fingers and a thumb it just didn't move, and God healed it. He had no fingers, or he had a stub, or he had one, or he had two. This was not a healing. Watch this. It was actually a creative miracle, creative miracle, because the Bible says he was restored, and if you go into the Greek and you look at that word, it means it was restored back to its original state. So he was born with some kind of club or deformity on his hand. And the Bible says when he stretched out his hand, that his fingers began to grow, his hand became complete. It was restored just like his other hand. Watch this. When he stretched it out, it grew. I said, when he stretched it out, it grew. When he stretched it, it grew. When he stretched it, it grew. When he stretched it, it grew. Do you know that in Texas, watch this, they did a study in Texas. You have to, yeah, I I couldn't believe it when I read this. They did a study in Texas. It was published in the Journal of Applied uh, Physiology, which I know you guys read on a regular basis. But 1993, they did this study at the University of Texas. They took 26 adult quails, 26 adult quails, and they increasingly had their, reach, their, their wings stretched over a period of 38 days. Now, I don't know how you stretch a quail's wing, but they figured it out. All right, So, they're stretching these wings, and they find out after 38 days, the quails had a 318% increase in muscle mass over quails whose wings weren't stretched. Why? Stretching leads to growth stretching is a key to muscle growth stretching is a key to physical growth they prove this at the University of Texas when things stretch they grow see everybody wants to grow nobody wants to be stretched But I'm here to tell you, if that man had not stretched out his hand, his hand would not have been restored. His hand would not have grown. If he would have just held it back, if he would have held on to it and said, No, no, Jesus, you don't understand. I've got this hand. It's always been like this. It's never grown. If he never would have stretched his hand out, his hand would not have grown. And some of us, the reason why we don't see growth is because there's no stretching. Amen? Amen? You know, one of my favorite toys growing up, I had two that, that I loved. One was the big wheel. Do I have any big wheel? Come on now, big wheel. Do you remember the day that the green machine came out and made your big wheel obsolete? So we had the big wheel, the big wheel, and I would just, I would just go, man. I was all over the neighborhood in that big wheel. But you know my other favorite toy was Stretch Armstrong. Did anybody in this place have a stretch Armstrong? I loved my stretch Armstrong. I would poke it trying to figure out what is this thing made out of. Right? My dad had a vice. I would put it in the vice and I would grab its leg and I would just stretch it. I'd grab its arms and I would just pull on it. Do you know what it always did? Stretch right back. Right? You'd stretch on its arms and if you'd pull on it and you'd stretch it out, it just, just you know. You know, I see a lot of Christians. That they go through a period where God is stretching them and pulling on them and tugging on them. Guess what? They just whoo, go right back and just walk around like this all day long. And God is trying to stretch you and grow you and pull on you because he wants to build your life. He wants to stretch your life. And if you're not willing to submit to the stretching process, you will never grow. You'll never grow. You've got to be willing to be stretched. Let God pull on you, huh? Some of you go on prayer at 6 a.m. Whew, my goodness, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. Fasting for a whole day? Wow. That's a stretch. Huh? You you want me to, to, to come to church every week and, and go to a small group? Whew, that's gonna leave some stretch marks. You want me to tithe? Oh, my body will never bounce back from that. I'll never be the same. I'll never look the same. My finances will never recover if I give 10% away. huh? And God's saying, just let me pull on you. Let me tug on you. Don't go back to the way things used to be. Listen, literally, you liked last year, didn't like last year. I don't want next year to look like last year. Amen? You have to be willing to be stretched. When's the last time your worship looked any different than it did today? Come on now. If your hands only go this high, maybe God wants you to go, hey! woo Huh? Stretch out your hand. Watch God do a miracle in your life. If you don't stretch, you'll never see it happen. Hallelujah. It's time to be restored. Huh? Back to our original state. Back to the plan and purpose of God for our life. And if you're not willing to get out of your comfort zone and let God stretch you, you're never going to grow. Ten years will pass. And some preacher somewhere, some pastor will tell you to put a number on a piece of paper. But do you know what? It'll look just like it did ten years past. Do you see what I'm saying? We have to be willing to inconvenience ourselves, to grow, to say, God, I don't want my devotion life to look like it used to look. I don't want my prayer time. I don't want my my service to God. I don't want my giving. I don't want my worship to look the same. I want you to stretch it, God, and I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to go back to the way things used to be. Come on now. Amen? God, I want you to stretch me. I want you to grow me. I want you to increase me. We've got something coming up January 7th. I'm so excited about it. It's 21 days of, i want to try that again. It's 21 days of fasting and prayer. Lest you think it's just 21 days of prayer. Huh? 21 days of fasting and prayer. Now, if that doesn't excite you, join the crowd. Because let me tell you, fasting does not excite me. I've been loading the hump just thinking about it. Somebody put a whole thing of peanut butter fudge on my desk this week. I thought the Lord has heard my cry. I was so excited. I got that mess in the fridge hidden from Elias, my six-year-old. I was at the skate zone last yesterday. I was at the skate zone, and we had the kids' Christmas party. We had a great time. I was at the skate zone. I, I came in late, and I saw somebody there who I hadn't seen in months, and they patted me right on the belly. They said, they said, oh, I said, I bind you in Jesus' name. How, d- how dare you? you know I mean? So we all prepare for the fast in different ways. My Mine's buy one, get one. But however yours is, whatever yours looks like, I'm telling you, it's coming. Now, I may not like the fasting, but I love what fasting does to my spiritual life. That's the part that excites me. And every Friday night, we've got a new guest speaker for you. Pastor Tony Foster is going to come, and Pastor Chuck Pelham the next week, Pastor Jay Pike the last week. But this week, I talked to Pastor, or I should say Bishop Tony Miller, who's the bishop of the fellowship that we joined several years back, and one of America's great preachers and great leaders. And he's coming on a Sunday night. And let me just tell you, if you're not here, I'm going to pray that the fleas from a thousand camels infest your bed that night. I promise you. So that's Sunday, January 21st. Cancel the wedding. Cancel whatever else you got to cancel. Because I want you here. Because that's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal night. So that's coming up in just a few weeks. But let me tell you, I don't want to go through 21 days and have God stretch me and pull on me and tug on me only for me to go back to the way things used to be. I don't know about you. I can't have next year look like this past year. And I love this year. I had a great year. I had a great year previous to this. But I can't let every year go by and there not be change and increase and growth and stretching in my life.